This is Equip and Empower, the Christine Kane podcast. For everyone who desires to bring hope, create change, and live out their God-given destiny with passion and joy. Here's your host, Christine Kane. Hey, everyone. I am so excited, so grateful that you're all here. I am so thankful that you have tuned in today. You have tuned in on a brilliant day. We are finishing up our series today on shame off you. You know, we live in a world that loves to heap shame on us, a world that loves to tell us that we're not good enough, we're not talented enough, we're not gifted enough, we're not, we're just not enough. Or conversely, that we are just too much. And I am here to tell you in the name of Jesus that in Christ, you are more than enough. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are created in the image of God. You are filled with God-given destiny. You are filled with God-given purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and your greatest days are ahead of you and not behind you. And we are gonna see shame lift off us so that we can step into our God-given purpose and our God-given potential. Over the last few weeks, we've looked at the fact that right at the beginning, God created us in His image. Therefore, we were not created to bear shame. We're created in the image of God. We are carriers of God to our generation. It's pretty awesome. But with the enemy, of course, he's gonna come and try to undermine us by making us try to carry a burden that God never created us to carry. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, that Adam and Eve were naked and they knew no shame. And so right there, straight after that, In Genesis chapter three, the enemy comes in because he was craftier than any other animal. And he asks the question, did God really say? And the enemy will always try to undermine you by asking you, did God really say? And here is the truth of that. If you don't know what God has said, you will believe the lies of the enemy. You will believe what Hollywood says. You will believe what you read in magazines. You'll believe what some teacher or some parents said to you. So it's important that we know what God has said. It's important that we know that God is good, that God does good, that God works all things together for good. Because in this account in Genesis, the enemy came to undermine the very character and nature of God. That's what he'll always do. He'll whisper in your ear and he'll try to make you think that God is ripping you off, that God is trying to steal your joy, that God is withholding something from you. And he'll try to undermine God's very character. He'll try to make God out to be a liar. He'll try to make God out to be a killjoy. And so it's important that we know what God really said. And then we saw that the first words that God spoke to Adam and Eve is, where are you? Words that He still speaks to many of us. I think He walks past many of the church pews going, where are you? Where are you you here? Your cute little rusty dusty is sitting on a seat, but where are you? (laughs) Where are you? You're not really here. You're not all in. Where are you? You can trust me. Isn't it amazing that Adam answers him after he says, where are you? Right there in Genesis chapter three, it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, because that's what we do. When we blow it, we run from God instead of to God. And then it says, but the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Isn't this amazing? First conversation in the Bible, there is fear, there is doubt, and there is hiding. Right there. Does it not sound a lot like us? Here we are all of this time later, and what keeps us from God? Fear and hiding. Right there in this very first conversation that is recorded, He said, who told you that you were naked? 
And there's our third question. Did God say, where are you? And today we're going to finish this series off with, who told you? Who told you? I wonder what lie you have believed all of your life because somebody told you that. Somebody told you a lie that is so contrary to the Word of God and the plan of God because you just believed them because you trusted them. They were an authority figure. Maybe you were in love with them, but they planted a seed in your mind that you have believed and you have lived so far beneath your potential because somewhere along the line, you believed a lie. The voices that you listen to will determine your destiny. So be very careful what you give your ears access to. Be very careful who you give your ears access to. In our home, I am neurotic about this. What my kids listen to, what voices they listen to, what preachers they listen to. I want words of life. I want the Word of God. I want words of hope. I don't want fear, doubt and negativity spoken into their life. The children of Israel wandered around the wilderness for 40 years because they listened to each other. I try to tell my kids, don't listen to all your friends at school. Because do you want to do laps around Mount Sinai for 40 years? Or do you want to walk into the fullness of the promise that God has for you? You better listen to the voice of God. These are lies that I have believed all of my life, really until I got a revelation of the power of the Word of God. I believed in kindergarten when Wayne and Raymond told me that I smelt like a little Greek kid because I brought my feta cheese sandwiches to school. I believed the lie, you're not Australian enough that you sound too ethnic because I had a strong accent because I was just learning English. And so it is amazing. You know what that caused me to do? That caused me to just so overcompensate. And of course, God's used it. But I went and got an English degree. And I remember as a little kid making a vow, no one is ever going to ridicule my accent again. Do you see how those voices can start to dictate certain things in your life? I believe the lie. You're never going to be Australian enough. You're never going to fit into it. So I always tried to prove myself. Do you know how much energy that took? And a lot of us, we're trying to prove something to someone that we're not even in relationship with anymore. And they couldn't care anyway. Even if they check our Facebook status, they could not care. (laughs) And we're still trying to prove it. I believe the lie because in third grade, Mrs. Black wrote on my 3J report card, Christine can't always be the leader. She always wants to be the leader. So right in there, what my little third grade nine-year-old brain heard Christine's just bossy. Christine's just trying to be pushy. And she obviously, those words obviously got in because she wrote that at my mid-year report. And then at the end of year report, it's just straight under it in her comments, Mrs. Black said, it is, uh, Christine has settled down very nicely. Now, isn't it amazing? I run Propel Women for Women Who Lead and we do Propel chapters and groups all around the world. Don't you think the enemy in third grade was coming after me? Don't be a leader because somewhere God's going to use you to activate leaders all around the world. So let's quench it. Do you see what I'm saying? So he came right back from that point to say, but you know how long I believed that lie for? Years. And I would shriek. I would get into environments and I'd go, Christine, don't be too full on because people would think you're bossy. Now, if a man is sitting at that table and he has the same opinion as you, it's called confidence. But Christine, if you give that exact same opinion with that exact same tone of voice, it's called you're a bossy woman. Isn't that amazing? So the enemy gets in, he puts it in because it's normally attached to your destiny. That's the issue. So I believe that lie. And of course, when they said you're not Australian enough, it was because of the English language because God was going to use my mouth as a spokesperson around the world. So in 
kindergarten, when I took my lunch to school, the enemy came to try to quench the very thing that God was going to use for me to speak to millions about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have to understand the thing that the enemy tries to shame you with is the thing that God often is going to use to give a whole lot of people freedom and liberty in their life. I wish I woke up to this a lot earlier. That's why I'm telling you. That's why I'm taking so much time on this. I really believed the lie when my parents said, you know, Christina, if you keep reading books and you get too smart, no man's going to want to marry you. So that just set me up. You know, it's not the reason I didn't get married until I was 30. So I just didn't find the man of my dreams until I was 30. <laughs> but the point is that um, what I would do, this is what I would do, is I would get around guys and dumb myself down. I literally would. I remember sitting down going, don't, don't let them think that you're smart. And you just play that little girl. Look, I'm older than some of you, okay? So some of you are watching this going, what millennium did you live in? The last one. <laughs> anyway, so I just want you to know the last one. But, but some of you know actually exactly what I'm talking about. You'll get into certain circles and you'll dumb yourself down or you just will not really show all of yourself because you're not going to be like, well, I believe that. So I thought, okay, if I get around that. Now, the fact is, why would I want to marry a man that I didn't respect anyway? And why would not I not trust that God had the perfect man for me who I'm not too much for? Because he loves, and not only that, he actually wants me to flourish, which is what your partner should actually want you to do. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if some guy was so insecure that I would have to dumb myself down so he would feel secure, I'd think, get a relationship with Jesus, mate. But anyway, so <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, really? It, it's nonsensical, but that's the lie of the enemy. That's the lie of the enemy said so that he can quench you. I believe the lie for a long time when my aunt said, you should prefer ballet to soccer. Christine, you're not feminine enough. What, what does that even mean? Do you know how much confusion that causes for so many people in our society today? Because we have just skewed what femininity and masculinity means. And honestly, liking soccer does not make you masculine. It is so absurd. So we've caused a lot of confusion in young men and women unnecessarily because we have said certain behaviours or certain sport or certain likes and dislikes denote that you are masculine or feminine. And because of that, people have been confused about their gender identity that never needed to be confused. That never needed to be confused. And I think we have a huge responsibility to actually look at that and go, you know what? I need to get that right. Whether I kick a soccer ball or play with a doll, neither of those things have actually anything to do with my femininity. God creating me in His image as a woman is what makes me feminine, created in His image. And so I think it's very important, very important that we understand that. I remember when I was at Bible school and the first time I got up to speak in a chapel at Bible school and when I had finished, the Lord had done something, it was evident that the Lord had done something powerful in that room. But the head of the Bible school at the time, he really didn't believe in female communicators. So he got up. So imagine how insecure I was anyway, because it was like, you know, I, I just felt so unworthy and I had all my own issues still that I was dealing with from the abuse and the abandonment and the reject. I mean, I just had so much going on. I needed a bit of encouragement, but he stood up. And I'll never forget it, in front of the whole class, after God, people were weeping. God had, obvi- oh, there was obviously this gift on my life. But he got up and I wasn't married at the time. So my name was Christine Karyophilus. And he said, Christine Karyophilus, after that pathetic effort, you will never preach publicly anywhere. Wow. Do you know what that did to me? I just reduced me to tears. Now, I wasn't who I am today. So that was enough to steal years off my life. 
For years after that, whenever I was asked, I wouldn't do anything. Of course, I mean, just think logically, any kid that's told anything. I was 22 years old, barely saved, still trying to work out. You know, women weren't doing what I was doing anyway. That's really all I needed. That's what I said is, I'm not saying he was the devil, but the devil definitely used that. And again, now, here I am 30 years later, I think it is evident around the world what God has done through three decades. But let me just say that nearly took me out. That's why shame is so destructive. The devil will always come for the thing that God wants to use to set other people free because there are other people on the other side of your obedience. It's not that the devil can get you. We're saved. If we are saved and born again, we are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. That's not an issue. But what he's going to try to do is minimize your effectiveness so that you don't actually affect all the people on the other side of your obedience. So what the devil was trying to do 30 years ago was stop me from standing here before you today. There would be no TV program. There would be no Propel. I wouldn't have spoken all over the world to millions of people face to face by the grace of God for His glory's sake. I wouldn't have done that. There would be no A21. There would be thousands of victims still trapped in slavery. There would be hundreds of traffickers that are not in jail because I would have let shame hold me back. Can you see how important this thing is. And so we've got to set people free. Who told you? Mrs. Black could have stopped my destiny. My aunt could have stopped my destiny. My parents could have stopped my destiny. My, you know, uh, Bible school teacher could have stopped. Who has put your destiny on pause? Who have you allowed? Who told you? What friends have shamed you? What teacher has shamed you? What parent? Who has said something? And I'm believing God by the power of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit will bring to even your recollection now some lie that you have believed somewhere along the line and they said that thing to you and you believe them. Somehow you internalised it and you have shrunk back from what God has called you to do. And I want to go right back to these words in Genesis where the Lord said, who told you? Who told you? Someone may have told you and they're dead now and you're still trying to prove something to them and they're dead. Someone may have told you and their life is not fruitful at all. You don't even want their life, but you have allowed them to dictate your life. And you're going, I I don't even want your life. I don't even want who you are. And so I had to make that decision. There are so many messages out there in culture, in tradition, in our world, on the internet, on our screens, that you have got to discern who's telling you what. I am ruthless with myself. I'm telling you, I got up this morning at 4.30 because there was this thing I've been ruminating over and I haven't been able to shake it for three months and it's a lie that someone told me, but it really got in. So I got up this morning at 4.30 and I made the decision, not out of anything other than for my own sanity, to unfollow this person on everything because I thought this is not helping me. I am not getting victory in this area by letting this person into my inbox every day. And so it's not, I don't wish anything bad against this person at all. I don't wish any harm. I wish them God's blessing and abundance, but I can't do it. I get to control who comes into my inbox in the same way that I wouldn't let them into my house every day. Just because I have been following them and we did have a certain level of relationship. Well, you know what? Going forward, that is not helping me. So it's just like, I'm not going to have lunch with them every day. Why am I letting them into my inbox every day? Because it messes with my head. Because I was having a perfectly good day until I saw it. And either 
Whether it's just that I'm not strong enough, well, that's good. Well, that's my issue. I need to deal with that. Or it's just something I don't need. Whichever way it goes, I don't want it in my head anymore. So the way I'm not going to have it in my head anymore is I am not going to allow that into my inbox. Some of you need to unfollow some people. Some of you need to unfollow some people. I need to be as ruthless with this, with myself, as with anyone else, because every time they popped up, what would happen is I couldn't even bless them with what they're doing now because it would just instantly remind me of that lie. And until I get that lie totally out of my head and until I can walk in total victory, I don't need to be reminded. It's nothing about the person. I just don't need to be reminded about the lie every day. So you've got to make that, I'm trying to be as basic as I can to say, this is how this stuff works. This is what happens. So, you know, the truth is you're going to be too much for some and you're going to be not enough for others. And some people are going to like you and some people aren't. And some people are going to agree with you. And let me just say, the more public your life is, there is no way you can help everybody. There is no way you can please everyone. Um, I most often do not look at the comments on my social media. 99% of them are good, but the only one that I'm going to see is the one that's not. And so it's like, that can wreck my whole day. So it's like, you know what? I, I don't do it. And, you know, my team takes off anything negative and people go, why? You know, I say, well, it's we can graffiti. I said, you have the right to graffiti and I have the right to clean the graffiti off my wall. It's my wall and I'm just going to have life and hope in there. But you've got to ask yourself, who told you? Because I'm going to have some, I'm not going to have some person that I don't even know on some social media wall destroy my day. And because I love people, of course, it's going to impact me. The day it stops impacting me, then I don't need to be doing this job. And so the fact is that I've got to protect myself from the lie of who told you. Now, the issue is my um, daughter, Catherine, you know, since my kids were born, they've got a great father. It's, you know, my history has not defined my destiny. I made a decision, Nick and I, we drew a bloodline in the sand and we said with us, it all stops. From the generations forward, there's gonna be life and liberty. So Nick has been a fantastic hands-on father and everything I didn't get, my daughters definitely um, have gotten in terms of just love and affirmation and value. And, and they are, by God's grace thus far, uh, just really well balanced, know who they are in Christ and uh, hopefully a healthy sense of humility, normal 15 and 11 year olds, but, but pretty really good kids. And um, so since they were born, I've always said to them, you know, Catherine, Bobby, you are the head, not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You're a leader and not a follower. You're a woman of God. You're a woman of prayer. You love the house of God. You're a Holy Ghost terrorist. You, you are going to, you're going to grow up and you are going to marry a very, 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 very wealthy Christian man. I've told them always. And so, you know, I didn't pop out my, my second kid until I was 40. So I'm going to be like 180 at their 21st. So I need a really wealthy son-in-law to look after me in my older age. And, and so in the midst of all of that, her father has always spoken over her. Catherine, Bobby, you are intelligent. You are beautiful. You could do anything God has called you to do. You can be anything God has called you to be. You are a woman of God. So that's all my daughters have ever heard. And honestly, if they were here, I'd get them to stand up on this stage. They'd roll their eyeballs. I'm a woman of God. I'm a woman of prayer. Okay, so they would go through the whole thing. But Catherine has grown up in this kind of environment with me, Catherine and Sophia Joyce, and they've grown up in this environment. So they've had these words of affirmation. They've been in these kinds of environments their whole life. And so then they went to school. And how many know that kind of in kindergarten, you don't get this kind of life-giving teaching every day, and particularly from the other girls in the schoolyard? Yeah, I love you guys. Girls go to another level if they want to be mean, let me just say. But this one is a boy story. And so what happened was I went to school to pick her up that day and the teacher told me this story. She goes, Christine, you won't believe this. She goes, Catherine and this little boy had this little fight. So they're in kindergarten. 
had this little fight at lunchtime and the little boy was so mean, he grabbed the teddy bear from her. He wanted her teddy bear. And he looked her in the eye and he said, Catherine, Bobby, you are dumb and you are ugly. And I'm thinking like, I don't even know how my daughter would know what those words mean. Like I was trying to think, where would she have heard them? And, um, and the teacher said, Christine, you should have seen your daughter. She put her shoulders back. She lo- and I honestly thought she was going to say, she king hit it. I'm like, yes, yes. That is my kid. That's awesome. And she goes, she put her shoulders back. She looked him in the eye and she said, no, I'm not. I'm not dumb and I'm not ugly. My daddy says that I am intelligent and I am beautiful. And I thought at five years old, that would have robbed the next 20 years of my life. At five years old, that kid knew what her daddy said. Can you imagine how much shame would lift off us? How many lies would be quenched if you and I, every time the darts of the enemy came, we would turn around and say, oh no enemy, my daddy says, and that we would refute every lie of the enemy with the truth of the Word of God, that we would know what God's Word says, that we know what my daddy says. What does my daddy says? Romans 8.16 says that I am a child of God. Romans 8.17 says that I am an heir of God. 1 John 1.9 says I am forgiven. Romans 8.37 says I am more than a conqueror. I am sanctified. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am not only free, I am free indeed. I have the blessing of Abraham. I am accepted by God. I am God's workmanship. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. I am no longer condemned. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. If my God is for me, then who can be against me? Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. My God is good. My God does good. My God works all things together for good. My God is well able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that I could ever ask, hope or think that my eye has not seen, my ear has not heard, my eyes haven't seen, my heart, it hasn't even entered into my heart yet, the things that God has for those that love Him. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. God's plan for you is for good. God's plan for you is not for evil. God's plan is to prosper you and not to harm you. And it doesn't matter what your history has been. Ultimately, your history does not need to define your destiny. What Jesus has done for you is bigger than what anyone has said to you. It's bigger than what anyone has done to you. You've got to make what Jesus has done for you the biggest thing in your life. Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth, died on a cross and rose again from the dead so that every single one of us can know what it is to have shame off us. He bore the sin and the shame and the guilt for us on the cross at Calvary. You can walk into your future shame free. Whatever you've done, wherever you've been, whatever's been done to you does not need to define 
you. What Jesus did for you is what defines you. Your value is not in your position. Your value is not in your title. Your value is not in how much you've accumulated. It is not in your accolades. It is not in how much you've acquired. It is not in who you know. It is not in where you went to school. It is not in where you live. It is in the fact that you were created in the image of God, that you are filled with the Spirit of God, that you are filled with God-given destiny and God-given purpose. You are a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's what gives you value in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I thank You, Jesus, that You bore all our shame, all our guilt and all our sin on the cross of Calvary. And because of that, today, Father, I can declare and decree shame off us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening today. We hope today's message has encouraged and helped you. By the way, we'd love to see you positioned to experience all the great things God wants to do in your life. And we've got a special gift that'll help you do that. Just go to christinecane.com forward slash podcast devotional and download your free copy of Christine's 14-day devotional, Spiritual Growth Spurts. 